friends, and welcome to episode 7 of Holy Shift. I've called this one Caller ID, Trading Familiarity for Faith. Come on now. Oh man, makes me, uh, makes me excited. So, I guess this started with the question where there seems to be quite a, a dominant uh, narrative, particularly of, our, of my generation, this, this late millennial generation, around calling and purpose and what it is and how you find it. Uh, and I was actually wondering, do we, do we just have one calling, one purpose? Or are there many um, things we are, we are called to do and to be? And I guess a simple example in, in my life is I'm, I'm a father, I'm also a husband, I'm also a friend and a son. And then I have work I do in the world. And so all those things are probably altogether part of one one overarching big purpose uh, which God gives to us but ultimately there are there are many bits and pieces that one could attribute the status I guess of a calling to and uh, I came across two two quotes that are quite helpful perhaps just to frame some of the discussion. The first one, I can't remember who, who, this, who this was by, but it says that our fathers became merchants and salesmen so that we might become lawyers and politicians so that our children might become artists. And I thought... <laughs> I thought that was quite uh, quite profound, actually, um, and right on the money, uh, you know, for specifically in my case, um, and and it points to this idea that there's this progression of enabling us and generations and our children to be able to pursue the thing that God has placed inside them, regardless of the title, uh, whatever, but that they would be artists at life, uh, which I love. And it's something I would, would certainly pray for my, my two girls. And the second quote is one by George Eliot. Uh, I didn't know this, but George Eliot was a pen name uh, for a woman, actually, who was trying to escape the stereotype uh, writing in, I think, the 1800s or so, uh, writing as, as a woman. So she, she called herself George Eliot. Uh, but she simply said that it's never too late to be what you might have been. Never too late to be what you might have been. And uh, I think that's quite, quite a beautiful thing. So it's this ongoing journey that we are on trying to 
determine and establish the practical outworking of our calling and our purpose and stuff. And I know that uh, from a theological perspective, I'm, I'm certain I can be schooled on this, uh, that God has made it very, very clear what our great commission, our calling, our purpose is, how we find it, etc. But there are some practical things um, that I think people struggle with, and myself included. And so I want to talk through some of those, and, and we'll read a bit of uh, a bit of a story in the Bible that I think speaks well to this. But uh, speaking of George Eliot, uh, sort of woman writing as a as a man, it does make me wonder whether sort of the voice of of God could come to us through our wives, to our or through our husbands. Uh, our friends, perhaps even through our emotions or our thoughts. Uh, you see, confirmation of the voice of God is a, it's an interesting thing. It's sometimes in a song, uh, in a car. It's sometimes by a friend. Uh, sometimes a bumper sticker. Sometimes something that you would think is completely insignificant. And it just strikes a chord at the right place, at the right time. It's fascinating how God speaks to us, I think. So we might uh, jump around a, a little bit. Um, I've got my notebook here, so I'll be paging around feverishly, but uh, I want to pull out some highlights of uh, a story in the Bible about a boy named Samuel. And uh, Samuel, Samuel's mother, uh, whose name was Hannah, was often, in fact, let's start here. So Samuel, Samuel's calling and purpose uh, was determined for him even before he was born. Uh, his mother, Hannah, was often provoked because she could not have children. And um, she pleaded with God, saying, if you, if you were to give me a son, then I will give him to you. And um, she eventually has a son, um, and... She then takes him to the temple and brings him to a priest named Eli. And she says to Eli, I was here uh, a number of years ago, uh, crying and pleading with, with the Lord to give me a son. In fact, I was so upset that you, Pastor Eli, uh, thought I was drunk. Um, but I... Meet, meet my son, Samuel, and I've come here to give him up to the presence of the Lord so that he might dwell there forever. And uh, she goes, Samuel then um, is raised in, in the temple under, under, I guess, the auspices of, of this priest named Eli. And so 
in 1 Samuel 3, the story uh, that, that I think is relevant to, to our discussion on calling and purpose, uh, it goes like this. It says, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. And at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim, so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Samuel said, Here I am, and ran to Eli, and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli says to him, I didn't call you, go lie down. So he went, he lay down. And then again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel arose and went straight to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you called me. And so Eli says to him, I didn't call you, my son. Lie down again. And it says in Scripture, Samuel didn't yet know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel a third time. And he arose and he went to Eli and he said, Here I am, because you called me. And at that point Eli perceived that it was the Lord calling the boy. And therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you again, then say this, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. And then the Lord speaks to him and tells Samuel what he is going to do about Eli's family. It is not good news, by the way, that he shares uh, with Samuel about Eli. But... Um, I, I was actually quite familiar with this story, even since I was a child. Um, but I recently came across this sermon by, I think it's Stephen, Stephen Furtick. And it sparked some insights that I had never really thought about um, in reading this passage. And I want to share some of, some of that uh, with you. The first is that... <clears throat> Familiarity or comfort is a calling killer. And, uh, oh, maybe I should have <laughs> I should have used that as a subtitle. Familiarity is a calling killer. Um, the reason why I say that is if you if you read this passage, God calls Samuel, but Samuel goes to Eli, which is his familiar place. He knows Eli's voice. Doesn't know God's voice. Knows Eli's voice. So he gets called and then turns to what is familiar, what is comfortable. So not once, but three times uh, does he go to Eli. And it made me think, you know, how often does God 
speak to us, but we choose, uh, or perhaps we are not familiar enough with God's voice or character, we choose to go to what is familiar and comfortable. Um, God was to challenge us on our on our pride, uh, on our um, ability to to lead our household, to minister to our children, to speak to a friend, um, to just be obedient, and because He's got a, an amazing plan for us and a purpose and a calling and all those good things. God's voice speaks to us. How often is it that we go back to what we know uh, and what we are comfortable and familiar with? Lord, it's not. Don't use me uh, for this. You know, I'm, I'm an introvert. Or, um, you know, I, I can share this, but I can't really share it with that friend, that family member. It's just not the right time, uh, or whatever. I revert to what is comfortable. Um, and it might even be more drastic that there's a season of your life, of your work, uh, coming, drawing to a close. And so, are we attuned enough to listen to the voice of God and not to sit uh, purely in what is familiar and what is comfortable? To just run back to that and say, yep. Um, you called me, right? Life that I know. Um, familiarity, my friend. You called me. Uh, where in fact it is God saying, no, 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 I'm calling you to, to deeper waters. Uh, it is me speaking to you. And so familiarity and comfort can, can be a bit of a calling killer if we keep turning to those things. And we don't recognize the voice of God. The second observation of this passage was that perhaps resting in the Lord or having having patience um, is quite a good place to hear God's voice. So it's interesting to me, Samuel was sleeping when God called him. He was, he was resting. And then God spoke to him. That doesn't mean that's the only time God speaks, but it is an interesting thing, uh, not just for the for the idea that God speaks to us in dreams, but um, you know, Samuel's not busy trying to you know change change the world for Jesus. Uh, absolutely nothing wrong with that, but it's not necessarily the only way to hear the still quiet voice of our Lord. Uh, so he was resting when God spoke to him. It makes me think that sometimes we just need to be in that season of patience, uh, rest. Say, so God, I'm. I, eh, there is not much I can do uh, to bring your will into, into fruition. It is, it is all about and so I wait. Um, the third thing is that the loving, ongoing pursuit 
of our Heavenly Father is something uh, truly worthy of awe and admiration. So, you know, God calls Samuel. Samuel gets it completely messed up, goes to Eli. And it's not as if God says, well, you know, I gave you a chance. So, so I'm going to move on to the next guy. He calls him again. He calls him again. And he actually calls him a fourth time uh, when eventually Samuel recognizes. Okay, okay, the Lord. And it just speaks to this father heart of God who is in continuous pursuit of our hearts and reconciling them back to him. And fundamentally also wanting to, uh, in the, within the context of purpose and calling, um, you know, uh, bring that about. It is this good work that God has started in us and, and wants to bring to completion. But sometimes we turn to the familiar, turn to the comfortable. Um, so I, I just stand amazed at, at how God pursues us continuously and the last the fourth and final thing was um it seems there's quite a clear message here that that we need mentors spiritual mentors in our lives people who we trust um people who are you know in step with the spirit one way or another to help us to discern the voice of God, because Samuel keeps turning to the familiar, to what he thinks is calling him. And it is Eli who realizes, bear in mind, this is a, this is a blind man, a nearly blind man. He can't see, but man, he can, he can see, right? So it is Eli who discerns uh, on Samuel's behalf. Hey, 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 this is, this is the Lord calling you. With God speaking to you, you know, and here's what you should do. Try this. And I love that. I've experienced uh, that. I've been fortunate enough to um, to have have somebody who who can help me discern you know, what the voice of God is and where am I kind of being distracted from this. So this need for mentors is is quite a quite a big thing. Um, and I guess the converse also, the, 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 the um, willingness on our part to be humbled enough to uh, accept and to listen to some of these mentors we have. Because it's not just an age thing. Right? It doesn't have to be somebody older or wiser or whatever. Um, God speaks to us. In, in various ways, and whether it's a spouse, a friend, a child, for that matter, um, a song, a colleague, somebody you like, somebody you don't like. You know, we need to have this teachable spirit that says, here I am, Lord. What, what, what is it? What, what are you putting on my heart? Um, so, with that said, um, I think if we zoom in a little bit, 
around the, the stereotypical question of uh, purpose, calling, and, and sort of the work that we do. There are a couple of insights that um, I, kind of, I want to throw into the ring here. And the first of the, those is when, when chasing what it is you're supposed to do in the world, we should be careful about the dominant narrative that seems to guide what good looks like. Um, some things cannot be quantified in likes and comments and tickets sold and retweets and website traffic. That not everything you do that has eternal value, has purpose, has meaning, um, uh, can be can be quantified in its success. With those things, as a delivery mechanism or a, a tracking mechanism. Maybe what, what you do requires some level of deeper commitment for a longer period of time. How would you measure um, an always gentle presence? How would you measure the healing power of unconditional love shown to a rebellious child? How would you measure maternal connection? All these things... Um, probably easily dismissed uh, within the framework of a worldly view of calling and purpose and all that stuff but they are all um, things that I believe God uh, speaks into our life and calls us deeper into and so you know you are not the title on the business card or the title on the block on the door, uh, you you were never you were you were never that. Uh, it is merely a placeholder for a season in this ongoing conversation between you and the divine. It's it's a a figurative point on a map between. Um, who you are and who you are meant to be and somewhere in between that is the voice of God prompting us uh, to say Samuel I am speaking to you yeah, I'm speaking to you so uh, it is a tricky thing because our culture worships certainty and our God is a mystery uh, and, and I don't mean that in, a, in an exclusive way that we cannot understand um, anything about our Lord but he is a mystery to us um, I think it, it's Psalm 139 that says it is too lofty for us to attain. We cannot understand the thoughts of God. Um, so I want to kind of close with the idea that perhaps what if what God is or, or what if 
what God is calling us to is himself. So within the framework of saying, what is my calling, my purpose? I guess one could flip that uh, on its head to say, but uh, what if it is God in various ways calling you closer to himself? That is a calling uh, in its own in its own right. And so um, let me pray for us and uh, and wrap this on up and then in the next episode we'll continue again with uh, fruits of the spirit. Father, we uh, thank you for your word and uh, thank you that you pursue us uh, with such love and um, that you that you call us again and again and again and even if we get it right. You have grace and mercy and love for us uh, to turn to you. And when we turn to you, you speak. And um, I pray that you will help us, Lord, to be able to discern between the voices of Eli in our lives and the voices of our Savior, that we might be able to uh, when appropriate, turn away from what is familiar and what is comfortable and uh, the kingdoms we have built and uh, turn our heart posture towards towards you, uh, even if it is, in the moment, unfamiliar territory. Because, Lord, you call us out to deeper relationship with you. Um, and I believe our calling and purpose is to closer community with you. Nothing more, nothing less. It is to become more and more like Jesus. And I pray for me and my friends that uh, this would be what you put on our hearts and uh, that you will continue to call us as you did for Samuel and that you'll put people into our lives who can help us discern the voice uh, of our Heavenly Father. I pray this in your holy name. Amen.